Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson. The proclamation of John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of God, is at hand. Well, Sven and Ole were out at sea on a boat, and suddenly something happened, and the boat went down. But they were able to climb onto a raft. And so they're adrift at sea on a raft, and things are not looking good. So Ole, in desperation, decides he's going to pray. So Ole folds his hand, bows his head, and he says, Oh, Lord, I have broken your commandments. I have not lived the way I'm supposed to. I've gotten into some really bad habits and broken your commands. But, Lord, if you spare me my life, I promise I will change. I won't curse. I won't. And suddenly Sven interrupted him and said, Wait, Ole, don't go too far. I think I see a ship. Not much of a repentance, right? But we come to the gospel lesson today, as we see John recognizing the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized, he doesn't see much of a repentance. He condemns them and, and condemns them harshly. And when we hear that in the text, it raises the question for us, what is repentance? What, what is true repentance? You know, there are many terms that we use within the church that we just assume everybody knows and understands. And repentance is one of them. But it's good for us to take a moment at times to examine what those words truly mean. And as we enter this Advent season where, again, repentance is such an important part, it's good for us to take a Sunday and look at what repentance is. And so we're going to hear John and in his call, repent for the kingdom of heaven is hand. But they're going to watch that, that interaction between John and the crowds and the Pharisees and the Sadducees to help us understand what true repentance is. So, we come to the text, and John calls for repentance. The kingdom of God, heaven, is at hand. And the people respond. Matthew tells us, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. John preaches, and he preaches law. He preaches the law, and the people recognize their sins, and they come. They come to the Jordan looking to be baptized and confessing their sins. They recognize their failure to live as God has intended. They're called to an account for what they have done and what they have not done. And so they come to the river seeking forgiveness, the forgiveness that they need. And so we're reminded right away that the heart of repentance is a confession of our sin, a confession of our sinfulness. And here we are, the second Sunday of the Advent season, and we hear that word repent, and we know that's part of the Advent season, right? It, we, we are to prepare our hearts for the celebration of Christmas, for the coming of our Lord at Christmas time, and the coming of our Lord when he returns. But, and again, we understand why in John's message. John is clear that there's a reason for this repentance. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that what we're looking toward at Christmas? To celebrate the fact that Christ has come, not just to Bethlehem, but has come to you and to me. And we're also throughout the season remembering that Christ is going to come again. And how do you get ready? How are you made ready? Is it not by cleansing your heart through the confession of sins and repentance. So at the heart of repentance is indeed a confession of sins. But it is rather interesting that the text continues that the Jewish leaders, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, come out to John. 
And Matthew tells us they're coming out to be baptized. But John's words are not very welcoming. He harshly says to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The language can't be stronger. Brood of vipers, doesn't that not bring to mind Satan in the Garden of Eden? Rebellion against God? So, so what is the problem? It raises the issue of that repentance is more than what we first think. It's more than just a listing of our sins. So what is it? John's next statement helps us. As he condemns the Pharisees and Sadducees, he says, Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. You see, true confession of sin, true repentance, removes all reliance upon yourself. This is the problem of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They relied upon themselves. They, they looked for the assurance of their salvation and who they were. Well, they were descendants of Abraham, so their salvation is secure. How can there be any true repentance? How can there be a true confession of sin if you're not admitting that you must rely upon the Lord completely? You see, confessing is more than just admitting guilt to something. Confession before God is acknowledging our unworthiness before God our unworthiness of who we are. And if the Sadducees and the Pharisees were still proud of who they were, they could not truly confess or repent. You see, repentance involves faith. We talk about this in confirmation class. We talk about that, that the first part of repentance is that we confess our sins. But the second part is the belief that through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, we are forgiven, that the two go hand in hand. And so, this year again, as we gather, as we hear John's call for us to repent, as we go through the season of a penitential time, we are to acknowledge not only the fact that we do some things wrong now and then, but we come before our Lord acknowledging our unworthiness before him. If we think about it, it really makes sense, right? The idea that, that Christ is coming, and in thinking of his coming, we think of him coming in holiness and righteousness and perfection. And as we think about and see before us the holiness and righteousness of God, are we not starkly aware of our unholiness, of our unrighteousness? Do we not see the stain of our sin, that, that we cannot keep the law the way that he intends? And does this not drive us to the Lord? Because if we're not worthy to stand before him on our own, how can we rely upon ourselves? We must. We have to rely upon God completely and totally. So we recognize that a repentance is, is, a, is a confession of sin that, that recognizes our unworthiness, but recognizes in Christ the only one who forgives. But it is interesting, as we go through the text, there, there is a part that also is rather scary when we get down to verse 10. When we hear John say, even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree, every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Those are strong words of judgment, are they not? John is speaking about the expectation that as we recognize our unworthiness before God, as we place our trust in him, it's supposed to have an effect on our life. We are to live differently. There are to be good fruits. There are to be good works that come out of our life. And this could be scary, because do you always see those good works? 
We see them time to time. We can recognize them. But don't we also see the bad fruit? The bad works? And isn't that what we normally focus on? We so often see our failure and see our sin, and that's where our attention is placed upon. So what do we do? John gives us the answer. At the end of the text, what is John doing? He's pointing to Christ. He he points the crowd not to himself, but to the Lord. And again, isn't this repentance, as we talked about in the children's message, isn't repentance turning to the Lord who loves us? And, And listen to the description that John gives of our Lord. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The call to repentance is a call not to rely upon ourselves, not to try harder. It is a call to rely upon the Lord, to turn to him completely when we recognize our sin, when we recognize our failure, to turn away from that sin and turn to him. And to be reminded where the Lord can be found. And be reminded how the Lord has come to you. And John highlights one of those ways, right? He highlights baptism today. Uh, uh, repentance is, is focusing on those gifts we receive in baptism. Again, John talks about the fact that, that the Lord comes with a baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. What does fire do? Fire cleanses. Fire purifies. And when you were baptized, was your heart not purified? Were you not cleansed? Were you not forgiven? You were. And were you not given the power of the Holy Spirit? You see, see repentance isn't a one-time shot. Repentance is a daily thing. Luther talks about it, drowning the old man within us. Every day, remembering our baptism. Every day, remembering of what we are in the Lord, that we were united with Christ, to turn away from our sin and our failure and focus on the Lord who loves us. And to be reminded that that we have been cleansed, we have been made holy, we have been loved by the Lord. And also remember that wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that enables you to believe. The same Holy Spirit that enables you to live. Enables you to love. Enables you to bring about good fruits. It's not about trying harder. It's about looking to the Lord and let the Spirit lead and guide you. Rely upon His power. Enabling you to love your neighbor and to love the Lord. Again, when we look at all that John says about repentance today. It's all about what the Lord does. What the Lord accomplishes within us. It's the Lord that enables you to confess your sins. The reason we can confess our sins is we know what the Lord is going to do with that sin. He's going to forgive it. It's the Lord that enables you to trust in him, to place your heart upon him, to rely upon him. A call to repentance is a call to turn to the Lord, rely upon him, to have him lead and guide you, and to trust in his forgiveness and in his love. Because his love never disappoints. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and mind to true faith, to life everlasting. Amen.